This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. P.J. Glass was in for Ryan tonight. We got a 32-25 lead for the Bucks over the Spurs right now. San Antonio's still hanging in there. See, now I, I didn't have the guts to do it, Trista. But though. since you did, I'm just sweating it with you because then I can at least... I want to root for somebody that had the guts to bet the Spurs because the spot made sense. It doesn't feel good. And it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> it's not fun. The Spurs pull it, pull it out, stretch it out to nine. I mean, the Bucks stretch it out to nine. Spurs come back and make it five, three, seven. And you're like, okay. They get some timely rebounds, putbacks. You got a Trey Jones going crazy. You got Ch- Chetty Osman with the yeah. timely three to cut it to four. I've never cared so much about the Spurs. Chetty Osmond's going to be a great who he play for in like yeah. two years. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're so not going to know. A good one right now. He honestly. is a good one. Yeah. To be honest, most people would have forgotten. Like I remember <laughs> when he was in. Remember Cleveland, when he was in Cleveland, Toronto, yeah, Miami. Did he play for Miami too or no? No, I, I don't think so. No, think so. Unless he was like with them in like camp or something, and mm. way back in the day, I don't, I don't think he was ever there. So I was really bad at 2K. Like why well, I am still very bad at 2K. I don't play video games, and I was playing uh, my friend's little brother, and he's awesome at 2K. And so he let me take the NBA like all era all stars like Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, whatever. <laughs> Still lost and by 40. he played and he played with the Cleveland Cavaliers okay. when like post LeBron yeah. when it was and he took me to the woodshed <laughs> and he was Ch- Chetty Osman was putting <laughs> up buckets on my head and he kept being like Chetty Chetty and I'm like Grayson if you don't stop effing saying Chetty to me and he goes but Chetty's going off though man I you when you play somebody that's like really good at a video game and you're not good oh, you just realize you don't you don't stack up it's- I used to play NBA Live growing up. That was back when that game was actually good and mm-hmm. existed and all that. I didn't play it for years. And then when I was in my previous network, they wanted to do a bit where I played against Ariel Powers, who used to play for the Mystics. Big time, like, gamer. I like, remember she's, this. Remember, do you remember this, PJ? Yeah, PJ was there. I was in there. And room. I was like, when I got a player in 2K, I'm like, yeah, yeah, she really wants to play you. And I was like, Guys, I haven't played in forever. Well, we got a we got a PS4 here. It's fine. Like you just so I'm sitting there and I'm practicing for a while, and I'm like, oh, it's like you know, it's I, it, like it came back to me. It was like riding a bike. The buttons are all the same. Like I just don't. I don't really play video games much same. anymore. I love to. I just that don't. Plus, plus, I'm married, and my wife would be like, "Get the hell down here! I need your help with something." I'd be like, "Okay, fine. That's it works." But man, she got, like I actually felt pretty good. Now the one catch was we had to play with WNBA teams, and it's just it's just different. I'm used to playing with NBA players. It's just it's just different. Man, she whooped me. I was happy to lose by 20. I lost by 20, and I was like, I feel good about this. Do you remember how good she was, PJ? She's really good. She's a, like, she's a legit gamer, has a Twitch channel and everything. And when you play, and, and I'm, I'm sure she was going easy on me too. When you play a legit gamer in yeah. any game, you're just like, I you got to practice for like 12 hours a day. Back in like NBA 2K9, I think, when I would go, <laughs> when I would go online and play, it would show what ranking the guy or girl that you were playing was. Mm-hmm. 
And one time I was playing somebody who was using the Lakers. He was number four in the world. Game, oh, my God. Game's loading, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is like the biggest moment of my life. I'm getting <laughs> to play the number four player in the world. When I tell you that this guy dropped 96 points on me and 94 of them were with Kobe, I couldn't stop him. <laughs> oh I threw God. the entire team at him. I literally threw all five defenders. At, I, I couldn't stop him. It was an honor to play that guy. He was so good. <laughs> like, I had no, I was, I just, it, it was It was unreal. Like, to see a person that good at a video game, it was just like. Was he just giving you the, like, tween, tween, in and out? You're like, he's splitting the defenders, he's going He would in. just, like, go by me. And I'm like, how is this, I'm sticking the defender right there. <laughs> I, it did was, you talk to him at all? Like, did you have a headset on? I didn't, I didn't. No. I would have loved wish it. He did. Yeah, he probably did. <laughs> but that's the thing. PJ would have just gone, Sir, it was an honor to yeah. play against you. This was a lovely game. Thank I you would. so much for whooping my ass. He'd be like, What is he? How does he keep scoring? It was ridiculous. And then, real quick, another great thing in NBA, maybe like 2K15 or something, we had the Kendrick Perkins rule. If you used the Thunder back when Perk was on their team and he scored six or more points, you never lost. I think I was 52 and 0 when I played with the Thunder and Perkins had at least six points. It was unbelievable. <laughs> the Kendrick Perkins rule. Uh, all right, guys. If the we talked about the AFC playoffs, if the NFC playoffs were to start today, we'd be looking at San Francisco having the bye, and then the two seven matchup would be Green Bay at Dallas. Then the six three matchup oh. would be the Rams at Detroit. <laughs> Ryan and Tristan. And the five, you know what? Yeah, that might be a show bet Ooh. there. The five four is Philadelphia at Tampa. First off, I just want to point this out: the AFC playoffs sound a lot better than these matchups right now. They do. I mean, big big difference here. But I'll ask the same question that I asked before because we all agreed Cleveland would be the the, the upset in the five four matchup in the AFC that we all would love. Is there one, or maybe more than one? that you would like in this, taking straight money line bet, underdog, lower-seeded team. Well, let me tell you, when I say that, let's I'll say the underdog, not lower-seeded, because we're looking at Tampa and Philadelphia, and that's not fair, because Philly, as bad as they've been playing, I still, well, I don't know, actually. Let's guess the line. You know what? It's at Tampa. It's probably, yeah. what, Tampa minus one and a half? No, no, no. I think Philly's, Philly's still a slight favorite. Philly's favorite. Philly's is still, like, maybe be, yeah, one and a half. I bet you Philly would be, I think they're minus three. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think Detroit is minus two and a half, minus three. Dallas probably minus six and a half would be my guess. Philadelphia's playing so bad right now, though, guys. I'm going to be honest with it's you. It's hard to say, yeah. I think I would take Tampa... I think I'd bet Tampa to win that game because the teams that play the worst heading into the playoffs are some of the best upset picks that you can possibly have. I, I mean, Philly is a complete mess right now. Yeah, that, I like the Tampa play. I think the one I'm the most concerned about, I'm concerned for Detroit. Yes. Um, a Stafford, Stafford Goff. Sort of revenge spot uh, in Detroit. Stafford stomping grounds. You know what he knows. He's going to be trying to ball out there. And, you know, battle of two very different but dynamic coaches. And uh, I think, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams won that one. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Not at all. That would probably be my upset would be the Rams, I think. That would be a fun game. That would be a really, oh, my God, Ford Field is going to be rocking for whoever they play. But especially if Stafford's in town. Philly Tampa would be a tough game. I, the way, even the way Philly's playing, though, I, I still think I would lean on them um, to win that game. I just think that's going to be one of those games where you're watching and Philly's struggling, but it's kind of it might be like 
when we watched the Bucks last week and we're like, oh, there's the Baker Mayfield we know and love. You know, like he goes three, four weeks playing great football and then he has a game where he turns the mm-hmm. ball over two, three times. I could see that happening against Philly. I, I don't know. It just almost feels like Philly just wants to get to the finish line at this point. Like they're just ready for the playoffs to start. They were 10 and one. Then they go into their, uh, then they go into, they beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. Everything's great. And then you just get absolutely demolished by San Francisco, demolished by Dallas, lose a heartbreaker to Seattle. doesn't feel like they have anything left in the tank. That's why I'm surprised that Sirianni is kind of uh, like resting, isn't resting guys this week. Like, Dallas ain't losing to Washington. Yeah. You know, like, don't like don't even mess around. Just give your guys a week off. But yeah, that Wembenyama play was sick, by the way. Yeah, you, did you see what just happened? Wemby just threw it off the backboard. I mean, again, he makes it look easy because he's eight foot nine yeah. and has a 12-foot wingspan. But still, I mean, you're just watching it going, God, there he goes. Playing on a Nerf hoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really true. good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm with you in the sense that, like, Philly should be the favorite if they're going to be at Tampa. Philly is the better team. But there's just something about those. We've seen those games before, right? Where bare minimum, the team that wins the division that really shouldn't be a playoff team gets in because you got to let somebody in from that division. Yep. Bare minimum, they're at least competitive. If Philly's minus three, I think I'd actually, I would at least bet Tampa to cover in that game because we watched Washington years ago with Taylor Heineke bring in Tampa into their into their stadium and almost beat Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, who eventually won the Super Bowl. Yep. We watched years ago Seattle beat New Orleans with the Marshawn Lynch run. They were a seven and nine team, and I don't remember off the top of my head what happened when that Carolina Panthers team that was seven and nine when they won the division. What that playoff game was? Yeah, what I that can't was. Remember that but one. like they're they're usually very competitive because these teams have nothing to lose, and right. there's a lot of pressure on the. Lower seeded but better record team that's going to play them on the road. That's kind of how I feel a little bit about this Green Bay game too. And I know Dallas, on paper, obviously very good team. We have an elite defense, and there's been you know Deron Bland's come up huge. Stephon Gilmore has been really good. Obviously Micah is Micah, but like all I can remember is Dak's rookie year and how Green Bay in the <laughs> NFC title game just broke our hearts and it looked like it was going to be us right at the end going to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers found a way that game was nuts I think it was an overtime game was that the Crosby game yes where had the, yes yeah. it was yeah and I remember where I was I was like in this random dive bar in like uh, outside of Manhattan Beach on some random like hinge date, and I was like, I want to be anywhere but here right That's now. That's when you knew he wasn't the one. Yeah, when that kind of thing like, happened. why are we? Why yeah. are we here right now? Are we convinced though that Tampa and Green Bay are going to make the playoffs, I, guys? I think Tampa's losing to Carolina this weekend. I really do. This Tampa game is giving me such Colts Jags vibes from a couple years ago yeah. when Carson Wentz and the Colts had to go to a two-win Jacksonville team with a rookie quarterback, just like Carolina is. That line keeps coming down. It was at six. Now it's at four and a half. I don't know. I think the winner of that Saints-Falcons game could could be hosting a playoff game. Now, Philly is playing against New Orleans, and we get the Saints as an underdog. I would kind of like the Saints in that game. If they play Atlanta, I would like Philadelphia. I think if they play Tampa, I would like them. And then Green Bay is in the same exact spot this year that they were in last year. They play in Week 18 at home against an NFC North team, win, and you're in the playoffs. They lost that game last year to a Detroit team who was up and coming, who was hot to finish the year, just like Chicago. It's literally the same game. Exactly. I don't – 
man, I don't know. I think Green Bay wins, but there's nothing more that the Bears want, right, than to ruin their be season. Yep. Oh, be spoilers. Justin Fields already talking smack, saying there's nothing to do in Green Bay but watch football. Like, he's... He's coming for the Packers. Which is so. totally not true. You can eat cheese curds. You, you can, can drink, uh, beer. drink beer. Yeah, sure. You can hang out with your neighbors outside of Lambeau Field, yeah. sitting in the neighborhood. Yeah. There's lots, lots of stuff to do there. Lots of stuff to do. You can eat other cheese that's not a curd. <laughs> this is true. You There's can all do kinds. All, yeah. You know what? You can fondue go is a great choice. watch University of Wisconsin Green Bay play teams like Cleveland State and Wright State. Exactly. exactly. And no? neither one of those are states, as we've learned. Yes. But, you know, it's funny. You got the Bears getting a little more chesty now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore talking about how he owns the Bears. All of a sudden, Justin Fields getting a little cocky. We're like, oh, now you want to say something. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. All of a sudden, Justin Fields is spicy. Well, he's also feeling good right now because he's got everybody coming out saying that they want him to stay. That whole team is rallying around him. I think he's going to stay. I think it's a bad choice. It's a bad choice. Mm. It really is. They have so much cap space. They've got multiple high first-round picks, and you have a chance. At this point now, Justin Fields is kind of who he is. Is there a chance for him to develop a little bit more? Absolutely. But you also are going to have to start thinking about big contract form or franchise tag as opposed to starting the clock over again with a rookie quarterback and a team that's got a lot of cap space. They can go out and they can pay a bunch of guys money in free agency. Get You know, you obviously have to draft well, and you better hope that Caleb Williams is you know who you think he's going to be. The Bears are in a great spot to hit the reset button. I'm sorry, but if I, I know these guys like him, and it's personal, and that's great, and I think Justin Fields would do well if he got a fresh start somewhere else, but it just doesn't. It just The clock just feels like it's ticking. This was supposed to be the evaluation year, and we still have questions. If you don't know by now if a guy is a true franchise quarterback after, what, three seasons? You don't know. You'll never know at this point. So I think I'm with you. Like, I think there's maybe a chance they keep him, but I think it's a dumb move if they do it. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat, too. I would draft a quarterback, and I would trade fields, get some more draft yeah, capital. Yeah, you could get a second-round pick for him. There are GMs that'd be willing to give a second-round pick. I think keeping Eberflus is the mistake, though. Oh, honestly. absolutely. I think, you know, I know they're playing a lot better under him. I know he's a defensive guy, and ever since they traded for Sweat, the defense has been a lot better. But I don't know. I mean, their GM, Ryan Poles, has shown the ability that he has a really good eye for talent. Like, they're drafting guys. They're making trades. Outside of Chase Claypool, you know, I mean, he's done a really good job right. acquiring talent. Chase Claypool has fooled a bunch of teams, though. I mean, he's on the Dolphins right now. That's true. And I don't still don't know why. Yeah. I see him on Gosh, the sideline of Hard Knocks yeah. all yeah. the time. They have chosen Anderson and Chase Claypool, <laughs> yeah. man. Wow. Dudes like that, though, are in and out of organizations so fast, yeah. and they buy low and then sell even lower that Robbie, it just doesn't really matter. Robbie looks so lost all the time in Hard Knocks, too. They show him way too much for a guy that's <laughs> never on the field. He just looks like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So funny. Yeah, they were non-factors in that Ravens game, especially without Jalen Waddle. Like, it was all Tyreek, Cedric Wilson, mm-hmm. the tight ends, running game. It was, they did nothing. Yeah, it's it's just funny how you, uh, an organization, though, can flip relatively quickly when you've got somebody in that front office. I mean, Nick Casario in Houston, yep. we got, we're talking about that earlier, and now you've got an, a chance to do the same thing, change the narrative, change the trajectory of that team in, in Chicago, where Chicago, we could be talking about, if they do it right this offseason, winning multiple division titles over the next few years, we're looking at if the playoffs started today and they're firmly secure in like a two or a three spot soon, you got to get it right, but... 
they're they're right on the cusp right there. You've got that opportunity, and it could be a really good head coaching spot for somebody like, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Rob Brown's going to help derail the show next. It's BetMGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, the Spurs still hanging in there. 56-54, Milwaukee on top. Oh, man. I'm going to be so mad that you had the guts to take San Antonio and I didn't tonight if they win. But I'll be happy for you because you had the guts to do it, so you deserve it. Where's Dame? What's Dame been doing? Dame has been... Painfully uh, six points, seven assists, and two rebounds right now. Just one. He's only one of two from the. F- oh for oh for two from three. Yeah, yeah four rough. for four from the line. That's it. That's rough. Yeah, Dame has been very inconsistent the last mm-hmm. probably two weeks, two three weeks, just letting Giannis do his thing. I guess and there's nothing wrong with that. See, this was a great bet. I, you know, it maybe still isn't. Yeah, it? You know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, nice. There's still third and fourth quarter for this to go down. It's very true. <laughs> still, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Yeah, over here. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but plenty of time. Just <laughs> I'm not celebrating, especially with Seti hitting, missing that uh, open corner three. Ooh, a little out of bounds. Back to the Spurs. All right, we bring on our buddy Rob Brown joins us every week. The fan upstate BetQL as well. How are you, sir? It's going to be weird. We're not live reacting to a Thursday night game here tonight. I week eighteen of the NFL season is always fun, though. Unless I do know people that have been in fantasy leagues that are just stupidly run by a commissioner that have the championship game this week, which is obviously awful. But like the fun part about this weekend is like some games, yes, don't matter and starters are sitting, but then there's others where we have games like the Texans have a chance to win the division, and then there's incentives that guys are playing for. Is there any game or any a couple of things that you're just looking at, whether it's a bet, a game, a spot, anything that you look and just say, you know, I can't wait to see what happens in this. I mean, like, it's first off, hi, everybody. Great to see you. I'm on the air with Trista and PJ. What have I done right with my life? Uh, <laughs> I think the I think the AFC, uh, the AFC East Championship game Sunday night's got to be it, right? Like, there's other games that matter and the, the, the other games I'm paying attention to. But with the Dolphins collapsing like they did last week, with Josh Allen getting, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think snubbed from the Pro Bowl this year, This feels to me like one of those games that Josh Allen shows up and is that Josh Allen we we all enjoy playing. So there's not a ton that I'm throwing a lot at because you just don't really know what teams are going to look like, what when there is no pressure, when there's a little pressure, when, you know, we win and we got a shot, but we got to wait to see what Dallas is going to do at 425 to see if we won the division or whatever the case might be. Dolphins Bills as cliche as as it might be to pick that is the game like it just sets up for Josh Allen to have some heroics that's a team that could end the day as the number two seed in the AFC it's also a day that that team could end not making the playoffs at all and those to me seem to be the games that Josh Allen kind of becomes Josh Allen so I am going to bet the over 0.5 interceptions because that's what he does but I'm probably also going to take a Diggs prop. I'm probably going to take an Allen prop. Probably going to take a James Cook touchdown somewhere in there as well because it just feels like after what happened to Miami last week, 
this is a spot that Buffalo's got to feel real good about themselves. Rob, we still, besides the AFCs, there are two other divisions that are still up for grabs. You have the NFC South. If Tampa wins, they win the division. And then in the AFC South, you have the Jags. If they win, they take the division. Of those two teams, Jacksonville at Tennessee this week, and then the Bucks at Carolina, both spreads are pretty similar. Both are about four, four and a half point spreads. Which team would you feel less confident in getting the job done, Tampa or Jacksonville? Jacksonville and 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 it's it's for two reasons number one Trevor Lawrence is apparently coming back to practice either today or tomorrow but he is nowhere near a hundred percent I think a lot of people looked at what Jacksonville did last week against Carolina and thought all right if CJ Bethard can get it done against this team he can do it. look Tennessee's bad there in fact I said on my show today that Tennessee is the most disappointing team in the NFL to me this year. I thought that they were a division winner. Honestly, I thought they were going to outpace Jacksonville. Turns out they're the only team in the division that can't win it coming up this weekend. But it's also a team that has Mike Vrabel as the coach. It also is a team that is one of the few that can't win anything this weekend, but I get the vibe they're going to make a run at it. And also, and this is the most true thing I'll say tonight, the Panthers are embarrassingly bad. If Tampa loses that game, I vote we just take the NFC South playoff spot away and give it the hell to somebody else. <laughs> Thank you. Probably give it to Buffalo if that's, they end up. That's losing from a Saints fan, Miami by the way. Dolphins. I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> Kill that division off. We're terrible. It's embarrassing. I don't know if you saw me, Rob. Uh, my co-hosts uh, missed missed the joke slightly, but I I started to walk away to almost pretend like I didn't want to see you again, based on the fact that I got sick last Thursday uh, on the air. But here we are talking <laughs> college football. One Mogan, I came on your show, bet for the cycle on Saturday, and I gave out what nothing but winners. I gave out nothing Michigan money line, gave gave out Washington plus three and a half plus four. Uh, what do you like in this national championship game? Any props? Uh, do you like the total? Me and Peach basically broke down the core of it, which is Michigan's D-line, whether it can get to Michael Penix and that O-line breaks down. Dude, like that is the game, right? Like it's it's we're analysts. Our job is to deep dive these things. Our job is to find stuff that maybe other people miss and, and point out, bring stuff to the table that people aren't thinking about. This one doesn't feel like it takes a whole heck of a lot of analysis. This one feels like if Michigan's D-line can disrupt Michael Penix, Michigan wins. And if Michael Penix can do what he get against Texas, holy hell, then it feels like Washington wins. That being said... It was the same thing that we said about Michigan, Alabama, right? It's oh, if they can if they can disrupt and they can create a situation where Jalen Milrow cannot Superman himself into the end zone, Michigan wins, and that's exactly what they did. And the fact that they were able to out physical Alabama, with all due respect to the Huskies, because you and I, Tristan, we've been riding the Husky bandwagon all year long. With all due respect to the Huskies. Alabama's offensive line is the worst it's been in years. I will acknowledge that. But it is a, I think, more physical offensive line. And the Wolverines made them look silly. Like, I I, I don't necessarily believe in or agree with the whole offense sells tickets, defense wins championships thing. I think in the modern era of college football, really in football in general, offense matters, like, a lot. And Michael Penix and what he did against Texas was like an all-time performance. I think we're going to be talking about that one years down the road like we still do about Vince Young. 
But man, Michigan got after it against Alabama. They removed Jalen Miller's ability to extend plays. Well, they have six or seven sacks in that game. Penix is not, I mean, listen, he's a better passer, obviously, than Jalen Milrow. He's not like world's better as far as escapability from the pocket. If they can get to Jalen, they can get to Michael Penix Jr. I'm all in on Washington. As a fan, I want Washington to win. I think it's a great story for them. Great story for Michael Penix. Great story for the Pac-12 to grab a natty before they evaporate into the great beyond. (laughs) But man, Michigan is just so disruptive at the point of attack. And considering Washington was beating Texas with developed routes that need a little extra time, I don't know that they're going to have it against Michigan like they did against Texas. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Michigan in this one. I'm pulling for Washington, but I think Michigan's a better football team. What do you think of those hypothetical lines that have been out there if Georgia was playing Michigan in the, the national title game? Have you seen those? Georgia I have. The I, listen. If 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 Brock Bowers is playing in that game, and and we talked a little bit about this before the uh, SEC championship game, because we talked about that game, and I said, look, Alabama beating Georgia is not it's not a wild concept, right? Like I called that shot because this is not 2022 Georgia. I know it's fun, and we can have the conversation, but that's not Stetson Bennett's Georgia, right? That's Carson Beck's Georgia. That's a different Georgia. If Brock Bowers is healthy, maybe they can get something going. I don't see any reason to feel differently about Michigan, Georgia than I did about Alabama, Georgia. You know, I'm, I'm not on the bandwagon that Georgia got screwed. They could have beat Bama and they got in. I still feel worse for Florida State than Georgia. It's a damn good football team. They're still one of the best programs in America. But I think Michigan next Monday night is going to prove that they were the best team in college football this year. Rob, what teams are you keeping your eye on for next season? Obviously, you've watched a bunch of these bowl games. We're seeing some quarterbacks. You know, Avery Johnson on Kansas State. We got Nico on Tennessee. There are a couple kids that we're seeing that are going to be taking the reins next year for some of these schools. Are you keeping, are you jotting down some teams that you know you're going to be betting next season? Yeah, I am, and I'll, I'll I'll give you one out the gate that I find interesting because I do think that the ACC next year is going to be down, and I'll tell you who benefits from that. Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame I find very interesting. I think Freeman's doing a great job building that program, and now, listen, I like Sam Hartman a lot. Uh, we were talking, We I think, PJ, I think you and I did a show together where we did Heisman odds going into the season, and one of mine was Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. It turns out Notre Dame wasn't there, but to me it wasn't on Sam Hartman. Another year of development, a pretty good recruiting class, and now Riley Leonard, who if you go back and you look at the beginning of the year before his leg got shredded out from under him, Riley Leonard may have been the best quarterback in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and I include Jordan Travis in that conversation. I really like Notre Dame. Uh, I, I got to tell you, man, like we're all waiting to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh, right? Is he going to catch a suspension from the NCAA? Does he decide that he's going to make the move back to the NFL? I don't know, but I don't see how you don't look at Michigan as a team that's going to be back and going to be very good next year as well. I think the biggest thing I'm following, man, like I want to see what these Pac-12 teams moving to the Big Ten do, right? Like we are, styles make fights. That's something we say in in, in MMA all the time. Styles make fights. Well, you're bringing a bunch of Pac-12 teams that are known for that wide open offense and you're dropping them into the heart of the Big Ten where there's where there's predominantly not a lot of offense, but a whole heck of a lot of defense. Like there's going to be a lot of drama in that conference next year. Yeah, we were talking about the Heisman odds uh, yesterday and we now have some. Dylan Gabriel, 10 to 1. 
to win the Heisman. I have, am, am absolutely in love with what Dan Lanning has done for my Ducks. <laughs> I am just so excited about our future, carrying four quarterbacks on this team. Say Harbaugh does leave Michigan and he goes to the NFL. Who's the best team in your mind and is set up to be the best team in the Big Ten? Is it Oregon or am I tripping? Uh, is it Oregon? It might be, but I've got to tell you, like, Ryan Day next year at Ohio State. If Jim Harbaugh's gone, because that's been the bugaboo for Ryan. What is this, three years in a row they ended at 11-1 yep. and one with an L to Michigan uh, in the regular season? I got to think, and, I, and I'll tell you this, my producer Lonzo here in Greenville, South Carolina, big Ohio State guy, and he's telling me that Ryan Day is already – he's already hot-seated. Doesn't matter they finished 11-1. and one. Doesn't matter they lost the close one to who I think is your eventual national champion. He said three in a row is just unacceptable to the block M. If Harbaugh's gone next year and Ryan Day's on the hot seat, I got to think they're pushing. From what I understand, they got their portal quarterback earlier today. I don't know how well he's going to fit into that system, but – ton of talent even with losing Marvin Harrison Jr. and that is a generational talent like he's probably the first guy since Lamar Jackson that I look at and go that's a draft lock like there's no way that this guy's gonna fail but they've had a number of top five top six classes the last couple of years that is a school that as well as anybody else in the country is reloaded every year and now public enemy number one is gone Listen, I'm, I'm going to be pulling for Oregon just like you, Tristan. We've been talking about them all year. I think you're right. Dan Lanning's done an incredible job. But if Ryan Day's got Jim Harbaugh out of that conference next year, I think the Buckeyes go on the warpath because he has to at this point. Talking to Rob Brown, BetMGM tonight, I'm going to do a very hard pivot back to the NFL because we were talking about this before, and I want to see what your thoughts are. The Bears this offseason, a lot of players coming out saying, we want Justin Fields, we want to get him back. To me, I look at this and say, this was his prove-it year, and you still have questions. They need to move on. They need a fresh start. I think that's one of the best, if it is a coaching job opening, one of the best in the NFL with the cap space and all the draft picks. Where are you on where the Bears are right now and what their future could be, too? I mean, listen, they've they've been a much improved team the last two or three weeks, right? Like, to the point that there, I don't agree with this, but there are some people saying that Aberflus may have coached his way off the hot seat late. Justin Fields has looked better. Here's, here's where I stand. You got the number one overall pick in the draft. You can do whatever you want. DJ Moore has been incredible this year for the Chicago Bears. I, I, I know the folks here in the Carolinas are absolutely out of their skulls watching Christian McCaffrey put together an MVP season in San Francisco and watching DJ Moore do what he's doing in Chicago. It feels to me like Justin Fields has shown me enough flash that I can say I'm willing to give him one more year, but I'm going to go get him talent. And you've got enough firepower because of that Carolina trade that you can take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. There's going to be a lot of teams willing to trade up for quarterback. Maybe you go back-to-back years trading out of the number one overall. You drop down to three, four, five, six, seven. You find yourself, if he makes it there, a Marvin Harrison Jr. at that spot. You stock up. You get a bunch of offensive linemen and build. I'm happy to give Justin Fields one more year. My question mark is, is Eberflus a guy that's getting one more year? Like, if you ask me if I have to eject one, I think I'm probably moving on from the head coach. I'll be real with you. I don't know who I'm putting in there, but I'd give JF one more time.
I think that becomes a pretty uh, decent coaching job for a lot of these young offensive coordinators. You'd have a lot of weapons, a lot of cap space, a lot to work with. Rob Brown, always good to talk to you. Glad Trista didn't uh, walk out before you came on this time around. Yeah, pleasure's mine, Trista. Thanks for sticking around this time. (laughs) There he goes, Rob Brown. Oh, man. It took me a minute to get that joke when he said it. It's Pet MGM tonight. Nick, Trista, and Ryan are taking a short break. Stay tuned because there's plenty more to come on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. This is, I, I know this isn't visual for the show, but I'm at least going to point this out because we're mesmerized by this. Stony Brook is at Northeastern right now. I don't think anybody in this room has any money on that game. No. Uh, it is the darkest court I've ever seen. And not by court as in like the color of the wood, but the lighting. It's like half the lights went out in this place and there's shadows off all the players. It's like what Scott pointed out. It's like a 1950s NHL game. It's just the wildest thing. It's on CBS Sports Network. If you just want to see what it looks like, I, I just I don't know why I'm fascinated by this guys, but clearly you guys you are, are too, so I don't feel as bad. It's just so weird to look at. Good under Jim. You know, just bet under yeah. northeastern games. Gym, you know yeah. what I mean? Just just bet unders at northeastern. There you I mean, go. It's you it's found crazy. something new. It, Tristan, yeah. does Oregon still have all those trees yes. on their court? That's horrendous. Why do they do that? I don't know why they did that. <laughs> it Oregon's got to stand out, guys. It was <laughs> not like that when I went there. No, it just looks terrible. We had Matt Court instead of Matt Court, and Matt Court was awesome. It was just a normal yeah. ass court. <laughs> like if anything, just put some Nike swooshes, you know, on like each side of the. <laughs> Paint or something. You just do that. And I, don't we need, had, I don't need the entire forest. We I had mean. the pit, which was like slightly under the yeah. court, the pit crew for all the student section. And it was like right there. You're basically screaming at the players. And now that's gone. Mm. It was so cool in there. It was so loud. The players were so rattled that the, the rims would shake when yeah. they were at the free throw line. Mm. Saw Darren Collison get absolutely shooketh there <laughs> you know what would be the best flex for oregon in their court just have the wood actually cut out in the shape of the nike swoosh mm. just yeah. all the wood all the pieces every single thing there that's the ultimate flex right there but yeah now we've got i mean every everything's this way though right if you look like college is is more and more in that realm if it's football or it's it's uh, basketball the nba does it lots of jerseys lots of different courts lots of stuff that you can sell sell every single time CAA court at Northeastern. CAA needs to pay for some lights. They do. Uh, This is. I'm. I'm just glad you guys at least think it's as weird as I do. I. I just. I can't get over it. I'm like, did half the lights go out in this arena? It's so weird looking, but it is what it is. Uh, It's weird to see Lamar Jackson out minus ten thousand to win MVP because, well. This was a race that we kind of said week after week after week. Uh, Nobody separated themselves. Nobody separated themselves. But as the year went on, as we got to the end, it became, okay, this matchup is going to be an MVP-determining matchup, right? Like, this game will eliminate Jalen Hurts, or this game will eliminate Dak Prescott, or this game will eliminate whoever. Lamar has now separated himself from everybody else. At BetMGM, highest ticket percentage was Jalen Hurts at 10%. And then the handle, highest handle, Lamar at 23%. uh, Biggest liability, Lamar Jackson now, 23%. Because a lot of people have said, uh, we're going to wait till the end 
of the year, maybe, and look at how this goes. And here we are, PJ. Your guy, Lamar Jackson, uh, he has this thing locked up. And look, rightfully so. There, there's no real betting angle for this anymore, barring something disastrous like he played and he's not going to play and then played really poorly. Like, there's nothing. He's going to win MVP now here. Yeah, it's a lock. And, you know, they play in the toughest division. They played one of the hardest schedules. They have played eight teams this year. With a winning record, they have won six of those games by double digits. They just demolished Miami, demolished San Francisco. Demolished Detroit. Demolished Detroit, demolished Seattle. I mean, you know, they went up to Cleveland with DTR early in the year and whooped up on him too. Like, the Ravens have a historically good team this year, yeah. and people just aren't talking about it. Like, they very easily could be undefeated. Their why schedule. do you think that is? As a Ravens fan, what's the narrative around why that is? That's a good question. I think because we've seen Lamar be so successful in the regular season that it's just kind of second nature to us. We got to see him do it in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the only thing that's left. But, yeah, he's he's had a great year. I think coming off that bye week, right, the Ravens' final five games to end the season was home against the Rams. He played great. At Jacksonville, he played great. At San Francisco, played great. And then, obviously, last week against Miami, he wrapped it up. It kind of feels like you said, Nick. I mean, there were so many weeks where it was like, oh, it's Josh Allen, then it's Jalen Hurts, yeah. then it's Dak, then it's two, and it just kept changing. And then Lamar just kind of ran with it towards the end. Um, now it just feels like this year almost, um, you know, a lot of people think they're kind of giving it to the best player on the best team. But I truly think Lamar is the most valuable player in football. I mean, especially with the way, with the schedule that the Ravens have played. Like, you hear teams... I just I love the fact that the Dolphins are on hard knocks and we got some insight with them like preparing for Lamar this week. Like if you haven't had a chance to watch it, just it's so good. Look mm -hmm. at the way the Dolphins like break down film and the defensive coordinators and all these coaches talk about how you have to defend Lamar and, and everything. So I uh it's awesome. I mean, I think he's only like the ninth player all time before the age of twenty six to win two MVP awards. So we're talking about pretty pretty special talent. Yeah, and we talked about this in the off season as well when Todd Munkin came in and they got the bevy of weapons that they got. OBJ, obviously, get Mark Andrews back from injury. You draft Zay Flowers. You're feeling really good. You got Isaiah Likely who balled out in the preseason. And that was that offensive change in the scheme and coordinator plus the weapons were enough for not only us to give out, okay, Ravens futures on their win total, Ravens to win the AFC, Ravens Super Bowl. But more importantly, Lamar was 14 to 1, and you looked at the schedule, and there's all of those marquee games where yes. if he plays like himself, he has to win it. Especially considering that Patrick Mahomes, down year, Josh Allen and the Bills, down year. Burrow so the, got hurt. Burrow got mm -hmm. hurt. He's done. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they lose two coordinators. He doesn't play the same. So all of the like notables that you would normally think would snatch it from Lamar yep. because they're just more popular by the media. No longer can do that anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a good point too. It's it's not just the down years; it's the injuries. Yep. Yeah. It's the it's the it's been the year of the backup quarterback, and there have been a lot of starters. Now, I don't think Deshaun Watson we looked at as no. somebody that was going to be. Like, Rodgers you know was I mean? another big one. Yeah, I mean, who knows what he could have done. Uh, who this year. he? I mean, there was a lot of people. Right, the guy yeah. sits in your seat right there. Yeah, had a I'm lot sure. of money on a lot of things that involved <laughs> the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, when it's the year of the backup quarterback. 
you don't have as many names involved in that. So there's more of a chance that some guys are going to separate themselves earlier in the year. Or it's going to come down to like three guys in the last three weeks. I am disappointed, though. I would have liked to see like the final week of the season still have something determined here. But we all, I think, can agree. Not even just, I mean, even if you closed your eyes and had no idea what the odds were right now for MVP, anybody that's watched football even casually this year at this point knows Lamar Jackson's going to be the guy that separated himself, himself at this point at the end of the season. It, so. was, it was so interesting, too, because be- before the Niners game, we gave out Lamar to win MVP, and it's like if you like Lamar, if you like the Ravens to beat the Niners, oh, yeah. then Lamar plus six hundred is the bet, hundred percent. And then he immediately becomes the co-favorite or favorite, depending on the book. And then okay, they now play Miami, which mm-hmm. I think is a a much easier game than the Niners. And then there's two consecutive beatdowns, and it's basically all she wrote. You know, defensive player of the year is one that still comes down to the last week of the season, though. Miles Garrett's going to be out against Cincinnati. He's at minus 200. He's the favorite. But Micah Parsons against Washington. (laughs) He's plus 300. And then you've got T.J. Watt at Baltimore, 4-1. to Now, I don't know how much T.J. Watt's going to play in that game. I would think probably a lot because, well, there's something on the line there, but there's a lot of guys that uh, Baltimore may not have out there. So there's an opportunity that T.J. Watt goes in and gets a bunch of sacks against half of the starters that you've got for the Ravens. But the big one here for me is Micah Parsons against Washington. Trista, when we know, what what are the what are the Washington commanders? Slump busters. Slump busters. And Sam Howell's back out there. He got a little better as the season went on when it came to getting the football out of his hands faster. That offensive line is complete trash. This game does... It, uh, even if there was nothing on the line in terms of division or playoff seating or anything for Dallas... It's still a game that always matters because it is a divisional game. Guys at least individually get up for that. Micah Parsons wants to win this award. This is a perfect opportunity here. I think if you're going to look at anybody, I would actually look at Micah Parsons at 3-1 to one if you want a little sprinkle on somebody or a lot, whatever, that, at last week of the season, just given the matchup and where it could be. Because there may be some voters out there that are waiting till week 18, and they kind of go by what they saw last. There's a very good chance that like what sticks out in everybody's mind last, and it's Miles Garrett not playing against Cincinnati, and it's Micah Parsons sacking Sam Howell three times. See, that's the thing. It's the perfect matchup yeah, for Micah Parsons because Sam Howell loves to hold on to the football, and we know Biennemi loves to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. They're going to be trailing in this game a lot, so Micah's going to have his fair share of opportunity. I heard Nick Costos the other day, too, bring up a great point about, like, it kind of feels like the Browns are going to give Stefanski, or Stefanski's going to win coach of the year, and then you reward Dallas in some way for like their great season, right? So couldn't you see Parsons getting defensive player of the year? So I thought that was a good point. But I just love the matchup mm-hmm. for Parsons, and I think he's going to dominate against that Washington O-line, like you said, just because of how much they like to throw the ball. T.J. Watt, it just, you know, it doesn't feel like he's really had the impact that some of, that Garrett and Parsons had this season. And T.J. Watt, I think the reason, kind of his calling card, is the fact that obviously we know quarterback is the most important position in sports, but it's crazy the Steelers like the splits of the wins and losses when he's not on the field. And obviously they're going to have another winning record this season. Just doesn't feel like it's been like one of those crazy T.J. Watt kind of years that we're accustomed to seeing. So I'm with you, especially with Miles Garrett sitting out, Micah Parsons, I mean, that matchup against the Commanders, I absolutely think plus 300 is worth the play. How about even coach of the year, right? So Kevin Stefanski right now is a heavy favorite at minus 1,000. But, like, 
What if the Texans just yes. absolutely ball? Nah, I think it's Still a lot. Still not. No. See, D'Amico Ryan's not getting lot. enough credit then for this. And that, honestly, that pisses me off. Like, Stefanski has done a great job this year in Cleveland. But for the love of God, D'Amico Ryan's took this team from the number two overall Completely pick last year agree. to potentially making, not just making the playoffs, but winning the division. And we're looking at Stefanski at minus 1,000 right now? That's insane. But then here's the argument to be made is we saw Houston twice this year without Stroud, right? They were able to come from behind and beat the top. And then they got smacked by the Browns, who is on their fourth mm-hmm. quarterback. It's just, it's because of what Flacco's been able to do. Like, it's that's literally, what it Flacco. It's literally, then it's just a Flacco Comeback Man of the Year award. He then. should win the Comeback Coach of the Year award. Yeah. Like, it should just be Flacco should win both of them. Because <laughs> honestly, that's the reason Stefanski's going to win the award. Yeah, there, there's actually, there are a lot of coaches this year that really deserve really, it. Shane Har- Steichen. Look, John Harbaugh, too, with that schedule yes. the Ravens went through, Absolutely. their injuries. In a normal year, he might be up there, but it's Stefanski. And, and I mean, look, Dan Campbell, without question, yeah. should be in the conversation as well. Only one coach wins it, but there's a lot of coaches that have done, and I, I would even argue they've exceeded expectations, some of them like Stefanski, because of the injuries at quarterback, and I mean Nick Chubb's also been out for most of the year for the Browns, so, I mean look, it doesn't mean that Stefanski doesn't deserve it, but it's like, let's take where the expectations were and let's look at the roster and the talent yep. the Browns had much higher expectations and a more talented roster coming into this year than where the Texans were, the Texans we know now have a talented roster, but it's young as hell, yeah. and that's D'Amico Ryans that got them to where they were, so, I don't know we'll see what happens, week well, we 18, know. it's Bet MGM tonight